Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Devon Podcast, the podcast open to everyone, uh, except CM Punk. <laughs> that guy. My name is Luke. I'm your host of the Devon Podcast, and with me, as always, is Mr. Guy. Say hello, Mr. Guy. Oh, really disappointed I didn't get a little toot on the harmonica, too, but that's okay, Luke. That was an excellent intro. And yes, hello to the listeners. Hello to you, Luke. And, uh, Hello, Mr. Guy. That's me. But uh, yeah, today we're going to have a loose conversation about New Japan Pro Wrestling and a bunch of other stuff. And my nose is all red because it's cold outside. Cold outside and you've been uh, hitting the liquor a little too hard. I just got home from work. So. You know, Charity and I... <laughs> Not drinking at work. <laughs> Charity and I were at this uh, pub in Tasmanian Ho- Hobart. Yeah, Hobart one, one, one night. And we had this guy's nose was so red and all messed up from probably lots of alcohol abuse that we just kept joking to ourselves that, that he had nose gout. Hmm, okay. It looked nose like gout. nose gout. Yeah, it was. Ugh. Anyway, uh, yes, we're going to talk uh, briefly or not as in depth as usual about World Tag League because it's our silly season to kind of take a rest, kind of like World Tag World League. Tag League. Yes. But, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to get some professionalism out of the way. Uh, and that is, there are ways people can interact, contact, and view us uh, if they wish to. And uh, we're on the X Tweety. I'm at Grumpy2EB. Mr. Guys, at Drusiver Tweets. Collectively, we are at NeverOpenPod. If you want to send us a written or voice email, you can do that too. NeverOpenPod at gmail.com. And if you got any of that, Sasha Banks, money. Mm, love doing that. Uh, then uh, kick it our way. We have a Teespring store. We have merch that'll make you look never as fun. And we got a fucking YouTube video. You know what? Tell me all about it, Luke. Tell me about the YouTube. I know last week I said except for Anton Newcomb because he of that fucking concert, but. You know, at the start of the show, I should have also said, and especially Anton Newcomb, because of that fucking concert. <laughs> Mr. Andy had had a brain flash going like, this is getting a bit of news. Why don't we just edit that, that clip of you talking about the concert, Luke, and just throw it up on the fucking YouTube feed. And lo and behold, the video that has absolutely zero to do with wrestling has currently got over 2,000 fucking hits on the YouTube. So if you want to hear us do the pod- podcast, you can, but if you want to see us, we're on the YouTube. Just uh, search for Never Open Podcast, of course. We're, uh, yeah. Do That's it. helpful. You know, I'd like to thank Anton from uh, Brian Jonestown Massacre for, you know, uh, playing guitars out of tune and the intro song to Boardwalk Empire that is just bad. Yeah. But also, um, you know, for going it's crazy. A good song, you know, about. I don't know about that, Luke, but... Um, Anyway, it, it, it's hard to listen to a song when the guitars are intentionally out of tune to the point where it's like, why are like this isn't anyway. Um, so uh, what I was trying to say is that uh, we have that YouTube channel. And in that fun that like you put up the, the non wrestling thing and that kind of goes nuts. And there's all these people who are big Brian Jonestown fan, like massacre fans commenting and the comments are pretty funny because there's a couple people that are not happy for whatever reason <laughs> and it's it reminds me of the youtube reviews it's pretty cr- or the google reviews 
There's some good ones. Yeah. Maybe, we'll, maybe we'll read those one day. You know, not today, but Holy maybe, maybe one day. shit. That's a Never Realm idea right there. Oh, my God. Oh, stay tuned for that, the uh, few of you that uh, tune in for the Never Realms. So, Mr. Guy. That's me. Let's do let's do some newsy news first because I'm stalling a little bit. Uh, you sent me a tweety about the uh, Japanese government and New Japan Pro Wrestling. You want to tell us a little bit about that? I, I don't know much, um, but it seems to be. And and by the way, if you guys don't know, a little peek behind the curtain or the screen or whatever you want to call it is that you know oftentimes me and Luke sleep at opposite times. So, but it's just kind of a contest a little bit, maybe an unspoken contest. I'm ruining it right now to send each other the just, just whatever New Japan shit that happens overnight while we're sleeping. And so we both <laughs> always wake up to like obscure New Japan shit. And sometimes it's meaningful. And sometimes it's this. And apparently, I, I don't know if a wrestler did this. That's what I'm assuming. I'm assuming a wrestler during an interview in Japanese, a language that I and Dua Lipa cannot uh, speak no. um and that is that uh they said something about some political candidate or someone that's already in government so they they put out this tweet like hey so like we want to retract that statement we we're sorry we said that our we got our dick out but we saw a much bigger dick right next to us and that would be the uh japanese government is <laughs> much bigger dick than new japan <laughs> yes yes it does and I think I think for me is like I'll get some New Japan news or I'll see some silly shit on the Tweety or something like that, and Charity's not going to care. She might, but I, I doubt it. You know, and I'm like I need to tell someone about this straight away, even if the reaction I don't get it until like another eight hours or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so it's it's kind of fun to wake up to like some some kind of weird craziness. Anyway. Don't you think this, Luke? This this show's about New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's true. It's true. Don't, don't you think it's also about friendship? You know, that's what I think. Yes. Well. Yeah, I guess. No, it is. It's us kind of getting to know each other and hanging out. So hell yeah. Yeah, but, I think uh, that I think that other podcasts, you know, and I'm not talking shit. I'm just differentiating. They will, you know, only focus on the wrestling and kind of, you know, the relationship between them is almost secondary to that. And I feel like it's the other way around for us. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Uh, we don't like to overanalyze it too much, and I mean, we just want to have some fun. I like to All say right. move names. I like to say those. What were some of those moves that, uh, what were some of the show's fucking specialty moves? Oh, uh, shooting star press, double moonsault, uh, <laughs> the, the normal stuff that he does in every match, you know? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> oh my God. It's got extra stank on him too. If he has the spanner in his hands when he does the double moonsault as well, that's it's just true. how it works. I like, I like how he has the tape on the part of the spanner, you know, to like make a handle for it. So he doesn't like wear a hole in his hand when he's hitting people with the spanner, you know? It's like, that's so funny. Dude, oh my God. Yeah. I'm glad we're taking this kind of uh, loosey-goosey, Mr. Guy, because I just realized we've got like four episodes of World Tag League to kind of yeah. like at least mention. Right. But, uh, there was a million sh uh, World Tag League shows. We watched uh, them. I 
you know, I, I, you're not going to get a bunch of details out of me because it, I am not going to sit there and pay attention to World Tag League like I do normal shit. I'm just not doing it. So, you know, it's not a matter of I hate it. The boys are working hard. Well, most of them are, you know, and fucking one thing, one of the biggest things I have coming away from watching some of this, though, is that you know who looks the absolute best of anybody and all of this World Tag League stuff is the fucking young lions. God damn, they look fucking awesome, man. The the you know your Oscars and Broken Arm Young Lion and Riho Aiwa is is back, and you know we got uh, other folks there too. Uh, you know Yuji Yumura's back. He's not a young lion anymore, but all these kind of young guys that are just back and stuff like that. I am. You know, like young guys that have been there, the new young lions. I just feel like that they look fantastic, and all the older guys, you know, are just doing everything they can to put those guys over and make them look great without losing to them. So far, uh, I'm, I'm getting a bit of frustration with Great Okan. So he eats a, a few pins over the course of these shows. And well. He's not in the title contention, is he? And Hanari might be, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, look, Great Khan came back at a really awkward time during COVID, and I feel like Wato did too, but over time they've, they've taken steps to kind of address, all right, what works with Wato, what doesn't, and they've kind of, you know, gotten him over. It took a best of the Super Juniors and uh, <clears throat> and a Desperado thing with Desperado stuff. Mm -hmm. But, but they kind of leaned into his adorableness and his nasty streak, and it kind of worked. <sighs> When's the Great Khan's turn? Come on, man. I'm not expecting you to put him up there at the Dome against Naito for the title. I'd, I'd like that, but I'm not expecting that. But I don't know. He'd be a fucking amazing Never Champ, I'm just saying. Right. Um, maybe Pink. that's in his future. It could be. I mean, I just, you're right. Hell, it feels like that he hasn't done anything yet. Hell, have him be king of pro wrestling for a good chunk of next year. He tried it, to get it, man. It couldn't beat Yano for it. Yeah. It needed to move away from Yano, and I'm kind of, ha kind of glad that it has. Uh, I don't know. But, uh, what happened, yeah. Luke? It, it's the pre-show of Wrestle Kingdom. It's you know the five-way Rambo, and the winner of it is gonna you know go after the King of Pro Wrestling Championship on you know New Year Dash or whatever, and it's fucking Yano that wins. <laughs> Yano will be in the top four without barely getting in the ring again. And yeah, yeah. he's automatically yeah. in. You know what I mean? I think that was probably like we didn't read the the you know the contract closely because we don't. We don't get into details like that, but I'm sure if you zoomed in on the contract that Okada originally signed to make that belt, there was a clause in there that Yano just kind of gets a, a first round buy to any kind of like situation where he maybe would be in contention. So he is a two time king of pro wrestling champion. So I, I guess that's one of the perks. I, 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 I don't know. Look, I thought you were going to say something else when you were saying there was something amazing that you've been seeing lately, and I'll get to that. But just to fire back with the Young Lions, not, it's just so good to see uh, Broken Arm Young Lion and Oscar get to beat the fuck out of someone and win. Am I, am I wrong in thinking that? No, like, you're right. Like this new Young Lion will eventually get his due, like everyone in the Young Lion program, but... I've been noticing Yudo Nakashima and Oscar Lueb just 
not only just becoming bros, but man, they're a couple of badasses right there. And then they'll do all their awesome shit and King Kong knee drop. Fuck. <laughs> all right. A, a rare Honma crab. Yeah. All right. Okay. And a, and one of many Kojima's wins. Yeah, fine. Sure. I'll take that too. But King Kong knee drop fucking hurts. But one of the really cool things about the, seeing this new young lion is, well, you're getting squashed. But the person, people doing the squashing are the people who, like, I just wanted to see him kick someone's ass and get a three. I'm, I'm a simple man, and uh, I was very happy with uh, seeing Oscar and Yudo just fucking destroy this poor new guy, um, uh, Murashima. <laughs> it was just like, fucking hell. Is he the one who, like, his special move is his skin turns purple when someone touches him? <laughs> is it that guy? Oh, my is God, it? yes. <laughs> It's like he's ripening before our eye, very eyes. Oh, his special move is taking battle damage. You know, you remember the I used to have the He-Man doll, and if you touched it, like his, he had this little like spool in his chest, and it would turn, and there'd be like damage. And if you hit it again, it'd be even more damage. You think it's like that? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think it's exactly like that. Well, well described, Mister Guy. So, all right, we got. We got our uh, Yokohama Budokan show, and I just want to point, I've only got two notes here, but uh, Greta Khan's Dominator on Iwa was absolutely devastating, and that was an amazing finish, this uh, Greta Khan pinning him. That was fucking gnarly. I really liked that. Yeah. And then I feel like the other thing, just to go back to what you were saying about stealing the show, uh, there's one man who doesn't care if it's World Tag League, the G1 doesn't care what season it is. He is totally switched on and he is a fucking madman, bruv. It's Gabriel Kidd. Yeah. Gabriel Kidd's been awesome. Their tag team's been awesome. But like Gabe Kidd in particular is like fantastic. And what's great is that the War Dogs matches are almost always the best matches on the card, right? I absolutely agree. And uh, I like I like that Shooter's doing his fucking long ass entrance and then Fucking boom, Katamaro Gambit. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Oh, my goodness. Yes, what do you think please. of this, Luke? So Bullet Club, typically they do a lot of cheating, and it's not necessarily high work rate, but it will be missing that violence sometimes. You know, that's one of the reasons people don't like um, your guys, you know, House of Tortures, because it's missing that, like, strong style violence thing, right? Whereas – War Dogs and some of these, like, you know, the new kind of thinly crop of Bullet Club and stuff, they are, like, 100% strong style, but they're also cheating fucking pricks. And everything that they do looks violent as fuck. And I think that's one of the reasons that they're getting over so well with me is because everything that they do looks like it is killing people. And it's like, and the people are selling it right, so it's, it's working great. They've lived up to their promise to Mr. Finley, yeah, Give me gold or bodies. All right, we don't have gold, so they're getting bodies. And, uh, man, I I've loved it. They're all basically suplex machines as well, so <laughs> there is that. That makes that's, me very that's happy. Helpful. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I I love the new Bullet Club. I, uh, people have a lot of problems with, with, uh, with uh, Finley, I guess, or, or whatever, but uh, I don't know. I feel like he fits in really well. 
and uh, I hope he's the next whatever the new title is champion. So these the- ROH Ooh. guys, uh, you know, writers of of you know torture or whatever they are, they um, haven't won a match, right? Yeah, so Gates of Agony. That's uh, uh, Gates of Agony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, they haven't won a single match, so yeah. you know you've got the uh, big, massive AW wiener, but uh, the schlong of Ring of Honor is is just uh, just average. Yeah. So, so. W- would you rather have West Coast Wrecking Crew in here get destroyed? And I'm gonna go ahead and answer that and say absolutely. I, I yes. don't care if they win what? a match because they no. got they already have story, right? They already have, you know, it's like. <laughs> You know, but what do you think of that? That's kind of weird. Right? I absolutely agree, and I don't even care if uh, if they just went there to job because no offense, we like them, but no offense to those gentlemen, they're not big New Japan pro wrestling stars. But it's World Tag League; they're dipping their toes in Japan. I know, I know, Jarrell and Royce Isaacs would have just fucking just had such an amazing time doing it, and it's just such a shame that they. What do you think of this? The story of them losing every match. That would be a tremendous story. for. I love losing streak stories. I love that. That's one of my favorites. But imagine the West Coast Wrecking Crew, they get in, they lose every single match, and then they have something there because they will get over. Because by the end of the tournament, it would be wanting them to see them win, just like a young lion, and they're coming into the company. I mean, it's right there. Especially when we watched that. Fucking American show, like not not a week before World Tag League was announced, or the participants, and we were just saying, "Oh man, it'd be." They're obviously putting these two guys in the, yeah. in the tournament, right? Like it's a no-brainer. Get some strong guys over there. You want a roster and and Lawler too. <laughs> also, don't you want to build up strong in New Japan? Like I'm getting this sense that not only are you desperate to make it in America, but you also kind of lazy at it like bear with me here you want to you got to get over your strong guys all right you've got guys like fred rosser and others that huge tv experience you've got shibata there training as well you've got all the talent there so why don't all your fucking shows sound and look like garbage if you're fucking serious (laughs) make them look good and put more matches that matter on it and put your strong guys over and maybe a part of it is like Sending some of your strong guys to Japan. Let them get some seasoning over there. Let us, who are more hardcore New Japan guys, see them mix it up. Uh, what when, what month was it? Like where they had that big Kirk and Hall show, and it was the first strong, uh, you know, show in America or in Japan. Remember that? And it was very yeah. successful. You know, Eddie Kingston was super over. It was great. It built up to the G1 or something like that. Or maybe it was after. I don't remember. But, like, it seems to me that New Japan has this strange push-pull relationship with what they're trying to do in America. It seems like they try stuff, they lose money, and then they go, oh, shit, let's not do that. And then they try stuff, and then they lose money, and it's this push-pull kind of, like, thing going on where it's like, you got to jump in with both feet or don't, which is fine too. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just wish that they would kind of shit or get off the pot because that is hurting wrestlers like the West Coast Wrecking Crew, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's no offense to the Gates of Agony boys, 
uh, they've been pretty good. Yeah, I've, they've been great. You know, yeah, they got a really strong, stiff style that's working pretty well in New Japan. So yeah, and night four, it was uh, Yamanashi. I will point out that uh, we did see the House of Torture do the uh, upside down dick punch to the Never Open Champion. And I was just like, "Fuck you!" They did to Hanare on the most recent show. Yeah, they did that to Hanare as well. Uh, Haste funny. gives Newman a fucking massive last ride in that preview tag, and uh, I liked seeing the dads versus Lij match uh, versus what Zandakan and Yoda Suji. I thought that was I- a good time. Yeah, the preview matches have been really fun, too, because we've got that Young lion stuff going on, and then they build a little story for the next tag match, and it works great. You know, Taichi is the best example, doing the handshake thing with uh, Zonk, Zonkadonk or whatever his name is. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, which, by the way, he's fantastic. Because Okay, so that guy, let's talk about that guy a little bit. All right, so that guy's been tremendous. He's got the same attitude as Suji. His thing is, is he's got size, right? So, like, he can move, he can do all the moves, and he's got that kind of charisma about him, but he's got the size that's like he has a cartoon character's body. You know, it is insane. Yeah. So, like, like that guy just looks like an anime him. character brought to life. Well, is he from One Piece is what I'm thinking. Is that, like, yeah. a One Piece character or something? Because, I mean, like, I, I don't know anything about that. I watched the Netflix thing, and it was tremendous. But I, I, I don't know anything about that show. But I was thinking the other day, like, man, he's got to be like an anime, like, One Piece thing. And, like, that would work so great in, in Luchador, too, or Lucha stuff, too, in CMLL, because they have a lot of, you know, flamboyant cartoon characters. is typical for Lucha. And, like, I just thought he's fit, fit in really well. And, like... I love that guys are selling for his moves. That's been another thing that's really fun is that he will go flying for other people. So when somebody else walks up to him and hits him, he goes flying too. And it's like, or, you know, they go flying for him. I mean, and it's tremendous. And and him paired with Suji, he won't stop smiling. Is that like endless prick? It's, it's tremendous. It's really good. And I like him more than T-Tan. So... Uh. <laughs> He's not as so, good as Teton. I'm sorry. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you, Luke. He is nowhere close as good as Teton. And yeah, I it, doesn't matter who's, it, it doesn't matter who's got a better in-ring ability or skill. Like, sometimes it does. But for me, like, who would you rather watch? Oh, this guy. Yeah. yeah. But he's not Steve. better than Teton. But, it, it, I mean, <laughs> then again, like, okay, so if Teton's wrestling TJP, eh, I kind of want to watch that no matter what this guy's doing. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> So we did have to see. Uh, oh, by the, by the way, with that LAJ dance match, look, I, I had a squeeze at maybe a good half of the Yuji Nagata Minari Suzuki. We hate each other, but now we're a tag team video. Yeah, what did uh, you think of that? It was it was fine. I would have liked more talk from Suzuki, but it was mostly just like Yuji Nagata hanging out on a lawn chair, just answering questions on the grass. <laughs> mixed in with all these clips and stuff. So, look, I like this story. I, and I like the fact that they're doing it and they've got these guys together. There's only th- one problem I have with doing this story, and that is they're both dads, and so they're going to lose almost every single fucking <laughs> match. And, yeah, sure, that could be the story. Minaro Suzuki is just sick of Nagata losing all the time, and so that leads to a match, and maybe Nagata beats him because he hasn't beaten Suzuki for a while, whatever. But I don't know. 
I feel like Suzuki has got a bit left in the tank, and I feel, and it's only World Tag League. Who, who gives a fuck? It's World Tag League. I want to see some Ws for the dads. What do you think, though? Like, okay, so either you got two ways you can go with this. You can either do what I was talking about before, where it's like, oh, are, we, are they going to get a win? They're finally going to get a win in the last match, and then they're friends, and that's the end of the story. Or they have problems, and this is like a, a final singles match for Yuji Nagata at Wrestle Kingdom, you know, and the same thing for Suzuki probably too. I'd be, I'd be into that, you know? Yeah. One thing I've noticed about New Japan since I, I've started being a regu regular consumer of it since in 2017 is <clears throat> they don't, they'll give their older wrestlers a last hurrah and stuff like that, That's but true. it won't be like, here's a last hurrah, here's your last title reign. You know, like they're not given Yuji Nagata at his age, maybe the six man stank belts, you know, but <laughs> he could, you know, but, but he's he not going to be, but they're not going to give him a final run as like the never open champion or something like that, right? Or, or right. higher. So, so their glory days in terms of, you know, having title reigns and stuff are, are behind them. So I don't know, but it's only well tag league and it's only the fishermen who have the titles, isn't it? Yeah, and the fishermen only have two points. They keep losing two, and it's like, good, fuck them, you know. That's the way <laughs> I feel about it. But uh, I have a feeling they're they're gonna start winning matches all of a sudden. Oh and, yeah, you know, and and everybody else who's been winning is about to start losing matches, you know. So uh, yeah, that's what we got going on there. We we kind of got the whole New Japan tournament thing figured out while they do that, like initial wave and then they back off and you know or they do it the other way around with a with a wrestler depending but i will i will highlight my favorite match of that night and that was uh elp and hikaleo versus just two guys that is that uh, taichi and you Uramura. uh you did did you notice that uh you got himself hugged on the ropes there for a second uh, by his feet yeah ouch uh, uh, yeah, ouchie, he, he fixed it up. It was all good. But uh, <clears throat> I thought I thought this match was so cool. ELP and Taichi have had some run-ins, especially over that uh, King of Pro Wrestling. Have they had run-ins over it? No, I feel like because, but, you know, that was the Shingo thing, you know. Uh, oh, that's true. That's what you're thinking of. But, that's you right. know, but ELP El and Hikaleo are crushing it, no matter who they're wrestling. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I... Dude, Hikaleo is, is my favorite of those brothers and right now and partnering up with uh, someone as kind of creative and smart as Alphantasmo is a genius move because I feel like also ELP will try to incorporate Hikaleo into the matches in a way that accentuates what makes Hikaleo good and maybe not uh, too much on what he lacks maybe. I don't know, but Hikaleo has been looking really cool too. But uh, I like that uh, El Fantasmo and Taichi do a little bit of uh, move copying here because uh, El Fantasmo tried the uh, Gato clutch. Ooh. <laughs> but then uh, Taichi repaid him with a sudden death. Uh, it right, right at the end and a Black Mephisto. So that was fucking cool. I really like that. I like the uh, Yuya Taichi dynamic. It's kind of weird. Uh, yeah. Odd, but uh, I like it because the matches have so far been pretty damn good. What do you think of Yuyamura? Like he has this. Okay, so remember a couple weeks ago, 
He had his first show back at at uh, Kurgan Hall, and he started crying, right? And now, yeah, he kind of comes out that way always, but without the tears. And it's weird, you know. Like he he comes out and he's all like, looks like he's upset and everything. And Taichi is like, bro, thumbs, what the fuck, you know? And he's like, yeah, man, let's okay, yeah, yeah, let's go wrestle. It's almost like he's got to shake something out of him himself. And like, I hope that goes somewhere, you know? I really hey, do. He- he hasn't been to all the arenas yet, so maybe he's still doing. <laughs> it's my first time at Big Wing. <laughs> yeah. He's like, my dad was a skeleton up in the second level of the <laughs> place. He's dead, and he, he, I've never visited his grave and wrestled for him. So. Oh my god! Oh, holy shit! Luke, yes. I have to, I have to jump in here though. You were talking about wrestlers getting their due, and it reminded me of something we haven't talked about yet on the show that we have to talk about, and that is the storyline that Noah is running right now. With the, it turns out it's the daughter of the Great Muda. Can you what? describe? Yes. Okay. Do you remember? You probably don't know about this, but do you remember that video I sent you a couple weeks ago, where it was Muda? Um, finding a child in in the woods. Do you remember that? Yeah. What yeah, happened? Yeah. Please describe for the audience that video because it was incredible. Dude, it was a week ago. Uh, you've put me on the spot now, but... Do you remember? It? No. If you don't remember, it's okay. So... <laughs> so the great Muda, he walks out of this like cabin, right? And he looks in the front yard and he finds a baby. And he's like, well... This baby's sleeping. Well, there's only one way to wake this baby up. And <laughs> he missed the baby in the fucking face. <laughs> That's right. So then the baby, it seems, is like not healthy. It's been laying in his yard. <laughs> so it's not doing well. So he has to nurse it back to health by like feeding it mist. So he feeds his baby mist. So it tur- so you're thinking, well, okay, the new mood is coming, right? You know, this is what it is. But it's it's uh, there's a tag match at uh, the uh, Noah show. That's the big, you know, their big uh, first of the year show, and it's going to be the new Great Muda, who is Great Muda's daughter, and tagging with somebody versus some other people that are all great wrestlers. So, so is it really his daughter? His real life one? No. <laughs> but she's getting the mood rub. All right. Yeah. Uh, so where is she going to wrestle? Like start uh, Noah's like all it's dudes. Stardom. It? Yeah, I think it's stardom actually. So uh, which you'd think that they would be showing that shit too, but it's like a stardom match that's on Noah, that Noah show. Because you know how last year Noah's uh, New Year's show, we watched it. There was like a million different promotions on it. It's kind yeah, of- that's true. All right. What do you think of that? I think it's fucking awesome. <laughs> I mean, you got nothing to say about Muda missing a baby in the face. Dude, I I just expected, like, I, I, I just imagined Lance Archer watching that going, ooh, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was looking for. There we go. <laughs> I'm here, man. I'm here. It's all good. It's <laughs> tremendous. So night five, we found ourselves at the uh, Fujisawa City Akabadi Cultural Gymnasium. And uh, we did have uh, 
Alex Zane, the plain tortilla on, on the commentary. So that was <laughs> well, it's not good, right? It's not good, man. Yeah. I did have to make <sighs> an important note of this important fact that Oscar Loeb is wearing a red bandana. This dude has yeah. been promoted in the young lion ranks and he's allowed to show some flair. And he's like, you know what's cool? Bandanas. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Dude, you're a, you're a giant badass. I don't think it really matters what you what you put on. <laughs> look like you can kill people. Who was he tagging with again? Do you remember? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, but I feel like it was like themed. There was like a reason he was wearing red or something like that. Yeah, you might be right. But, but uh, uh, it was like great. It, well, did we talk about how Suji came out dressed like a fucking anime pirate with his guy too? <laughs> there's been some fun, you know, sh- at least. So when Suji and his guy don't take World Tag League seriously. Oh, I, he, was teaming like with Monster, he was teaming with Monster Sauce, so he wore a bit of red. There you go. So, yes. Go. Did you see Monster Sauce forgot their gear? Whoopsie. And then made it what? like part of, part of the match instead of just like. You know, not what? doing that. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, I saw that. That that, that did happen. It, it exists. Uh, by the way, I like that Taguchi has a preview tag with Team Bishamon, and uh, well, if they're carrying out swords, he comes out with his gigantic cardboard <laughs> tube. That shit was so funny. And what I liked, what I liked is that uh, Bullet Club beat the shit out of him with it at the end. And he <laughs> comically sold for it. So, also he was getting comically beaten up for like five minutes in that preview tank, and it was absolutely delightful. I loved it. That's true. I I forgot to mention you you met, brought up uh, ELP and Hikaleo. Oh. Tremendous. Like the points you made about Hikaleo and you know and and how. ELP's affecting him, obviously, but like I think ELP's one of these guys that we've noticed like brings everybody else up, right? And so, I mean, I, I know we've said it before, but it bears repeating that it was a genius move to put them together like that. And you know, maybe ELP can do that for other guys in GOD too. Just saying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so maybe that's the reason why they put him there because you know they really want to make uh, Tamatonga work. I want the, I want him to work. I want everyone to work. You know what? I, I, I you know me. I want everyone to be over, uh, except for Makabe, uh, Yujiro, <laughs> and Yo. Fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why I don't care if House of Torture loses because I know Evil's not copping any pins. It's all going to be fucking Yujiro, and I'm like, yep, you can lose every night. I don't give a shit. So I will say. I will mention my favorite match of, of this night, and it was uh, Ishii and Yano versus the War Dogs. <laughs> that was very violent. <laughs> Fuck, that was it was so such a violent match. And hey, Ishii and Yano aren't stupid. They Katamaru Gambit the fucking War Dogs. That's right. It all fucking happens. It suplexes galore by all the men, even Yano. Like... You know, I think uh, War Dogs forgot a little bit that, uh, hey, there's Jokey Yano who's going to punch in the nuts, but uh, if you try to do too much shit on him, you're going to get, like, yeah, the fuck you, Yano. <laughs> Your balls are going to pay, too, one way or the other. Oh, yeah. You know? But, uh, man, that was uh, – I had 
it was wild. It was amazing. It was heaps of superplexes, good psychology. I like seeing Ishii doing his shtick of making the other guys lariat each other and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Man, he's got that down to a mwah, fine science. It's like uh, he, it's like he got that from House of Torture, like just countless matches with them. He's got this. I'm gonna go here. Here, his timing for all this shit is impeccable. It's it's amazing. I love that. And the Gabe wins. Hey, a pile driver on uh, on Yano. But uh, I like the end because uh, Ishii doesn't give a shit that both uh, Alex cut uh, Alex C the android and uh, Gabe Kidd are in the ring together. Ishii just wants more, so he just gets in the ring and starts fighting them. <sighs> I, I, I like when they caught Yano. So, like, Yano, like, hit a fucking low blow on the android, and he's like, oh, fuck, you know? And then, like, just a couple seconds later, they get Ishii on the outside, and all of a sudden, the war dogs have him alone, and the android's, like, shaking, you know? And fucking Yano, with his awesome camera shot, where Yano's like, oh, fuck, and the android's just, like, doing his crazy eyes, and it's it's tremendous. I love that. <laughs> like, I love, like, he's got tremendous, uh, like, uh, facial expression, storytelling, and it's great, and I love that, and I know it's goofy, but, man, when he beats people up, makes it not so goofy, right? Yeah, yep. And, uh, I don't know. I feel like we've talked ad nauseum uh, as to uh, our appreciation for Yano matches. It's just like, I don't know, you and I love the strong style shit, but we're not going to be disappointed if, if one match or two matches on a card isn't strong style shit. We like a good mix. I feel like some people forget that about New Japan. I just want my strong style and nothing else. Uh, for anyone who is a new listener or viewer, and you've never heard us talk about this, just go watch the Yano versus Kenny Omega trio of matches. It's It took three years to get through it because it's three different G1s, and it's like some of the most incredible shit you'll ever see. It's the best. It's some, some of the best comedy stuff I've ever seen in wrestling. And I've seen some good stuff. Yeah. Hell, even even his, his series of matches with technical Matt Guy, Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, man. That's uh, so great. Are incredible. And even though it was probably during the time I was uh, shitting on him, the Sonata Yano matches are also yeah. a fucking delight. I don't know why, that, but maybe it's Yano's be... comedy and, and, and the straight man of, uh, you know, Sonata <laughs> with his kind of cool, collected kind of demeanor. It just kind of... It he points works. at his ear. He likes yeah, to point at his ear and, and be like, what? Yeah. He does. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best, you know. Well, okay, so it looks like in the B block, we have Taichi and Yuyu Yuimura and uh, Monster Sauce uh, tied at six points. Yeah. And then there's a couple teams with zero points, which would be Bag Luck, Fale, and Jack Banza, which he killed. Who did he kill, man? He absolutely murdered. I think it was uh, – Yuimura, maybe. I can't remember who it was, but oh my god, he hit a Liger bomb on someone, and it was like, dude, relax. It's World Tag League. He, like, rotated so much that they kind of landed. I know you're saying, like, hey, dude, relax. It's World Tag League, but on the other hand, it's also uh, Jack Bonds' first kind of trip to Japan, so I I know you can get that vibe of, like, hey, it's just World Tag League. It's chill, but you know, you've got a guy like Zandakan and... uh, 
And and uh, Jack Bonza, uh, you know they're going to go a little harder because uh, they've never been to Japan. I mean, yet Japan another before. reason why West Coast Rocky Crew should be in this. Would have been fucking awesome in this tournament. Yep, but, uh, absolutely. But uh, <clears throat> there was some uh, other kind of highlights of this night. Uh, I did like, even though they lost, I did like seeing the dads versus uh, Yu Uramura and Taichi, especially because you've got, uh, you know, the, the Taichi-Suzuki dynamic, which made that match a lot of fun for me. <clears throat> and I really liked the main event, El Fantasmo Hikaleo versus Yoda Suji and Zandakan Jr. I think that was the last night that I watched. Oh, and uh, seeing uh, Bad Luck Fale, not doing the Tongan massage, no, doing the Jeff Cobb surfing on Yoshihachi <laughs> was fucking incredible. I'm like, yes, please do that. <laughs> so who's your favorite tag team in this uh, whole tournament? War Dogs. War Dogs. Why? Uh, because they both contrast of, of each other nicely. You've got the loud personality that is Gabe Kidd, and I love his moveset, his attitude, and he's got the psychology. Like, he knows how to take any... any he bumps like a madman as well, which also makes it work. I like a I like a heel that's like him, but also you know you see him get some comeuppance. And you're just like, and he bumps like, mm. but then you've got the I guess I say it again, the straight man who's a bit more androidy, cold, cool, and collected, and uh, he, he's he's, not though. No, yeah. but but compared to Gabriel Kidd, yeah. yes, he is. He's not a madman, <laughs> bro. You know, but. He's just like a, he'll he'll do he'll go along with like anything that Gabe Kid wants to set up and do like he's there he's all in his game and he's just a suplex beast Mr Alex C and just putting them together they both look like they might not look like the biggest of the big big men like a Hikaleo or or a Jonah or anything like that but they're big dudes who just throw people around and cheat and it's just. The attitude is awesome. The work rate is there. The, the characters are, are really cool. I don't know. I'm, I'm just... No, you make great points. I think they're tremendous. All their matches have been usually the best match on the show as far as yeah. entertainment value. And a lot of times work rate because they are bumping all over the place. And, like, I, if you go back, they always talk about how badass Harley Race was. Like, how badass? Man, what a badass, right? He's, oh, what would Harley Race do? He's the toughest guy ever. Have you ever watched any of his matches? They're like, like he is a badass, but he also bumps like a, a crazy person. Like one of his special moves was being comically knocked out of the ring over the ropes. All right. It's like as a, as a heel, you have to have that. And you have to like be able to get egg on your face yet still come off as a badass. And these guys both do that very well. And it's, it's like crucial stuff to do if you're a heel. Um, and I like it. So, anyway. Besides, if you were an NWA champion back in those days, part part of your job was making the opponent look like a bajillion dollars before you beat them at the end. Like that right. was your job. And Man. so, yeah. No. Have you ever, you ever seen like a Arn Anderson match versus a jobber on Nitro? Just watch yeah. one of those sometimes. The jobber might. It's like the jobber might win. You know, it's amazing, you know? It's it's like these guys are so great at that kind of thing. And and uh these young guys are very good at it already, so it's good to kind of see. Um 
Who's your least well, favorite tag team in this tournament? All right, so just let me pull up the the list. Uh, all right, so in terms of like, I'm I'm not going to say Evil Yujiro because I love House of Torture. It's just me being like, fucking Yujiro. But look, I'm going to be a little controversial because I don't know. I don't know what they are, even though I know their personalities. I don't know like what they're. Monster source, I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't like like their matches at all. <laughs> there's something there, but are you guys a face team? Yeah. Well, then why are you still punching young lions, Mister Lance Archer? Yeah. Like, what do you? Come on, man. You're not in Suzuki Goon anymore, so that's a heel move. Like, even Suzuki, unless he's like mega, 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 mega pissed off these days. Which is probably like every time Nagata gets pinned now. Uh, but, you know, he doesn't hit the young Lions as much anymore. He probably stretches them out and shit while they're training. That probably never hasn't changed. But uh, on screen, you don't see it that much, that often anymore. It's usually the Bullet Club assholes or uh, some LAJ Rudo shit. So, yeah, I want to like them. But I feel like another thing that's not doing them any favors is I'll, I, can, I can get behind their characters on screen. But for me, like, Alex Zane's really boring on commentary. But he likes like, Taco Bell. Yeah, but he sounds like a plain tortilla with nothing on it. But he forgot his, his pants, so he wore shorts. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then you've also got Archer on commentary. And come on, man. Keep some kayfabe or something. Being character, like I, I know you got like to go out with the boys, and they're not always in your affiliated teams and stuff. But I don't need to hear all this. Like, I, I, if people like knowing the private lives of the wrestlers, that's fine. I get some of that just via wrestling osmosis, I guess. But I don't look that stuff up. Like, I don't even look up Bushi without mask. Right. Oh, that's what he looks like. Pentagon Jr. without I, because that's their face. That's I like. I'm into the characters, so unless they're like awful, horrible people, that are gigantic pieces of shit. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to know if they just be nice guy people and be characters. That's kind of what I want to see. That's why I'm always a little nervous when I'm when I'm chatting with uh, Robbie Eagles, because he's a good dude, and you know, like I like seeing him. It's great. But part of it for me is like he's still that mystique of like, hey, he's he's the really cool fucking wrestler I watch well it live or in person, and he's got the character and all this kind of stuff. And I don't know, I don't want to mess. But with he, that but Eagles is not going to break character around you. No, not no, in, not, really. not in the way that like Archer's doing on commentary. You know what I mean? Like, or, or maybe in that way, but you know when it's like. When it's a guy on commentary, that's not, I don't like it. But I was not, uh, you know, I just watched that show with the volume down because I knew better. So <laughs> I, I knew it was going to make me mad. But, like, I I was thinking about this today a little bit. So the, we, we should talk about this. This is a great opportunity to do it. Is the CM Punk thing happened, right? And so I was suddenly finding myself kind of, like, interested in, like, what people think about it but i have no interest in like 
how the machinations happen and all that stuff. And I started thinking about how, you know, our show and like the way we interact with New Japan as fans is way different than I used to interact with wrestling in the past where, you know, and probably you too, where we wanted to know all the backstage stuff at WWE and AEW, but I don't want to know that about New Japan. That's one of the things that makes it fun for me is that I just kind of watch what happens. We react to it. And like, that's, that's it for us. We do see, I mean, you know, we have our jokes and we look at the stuff, the backstage stuff a little bit when it comes out, but only when it's like officially part of the story for the most part. So I don't know. I was just thinking about that today, and I found that interesting. I like having my – I don't know. For me, wrestling is a, a TV show, and I want to watch the characters. I What I don't want to do is now, you know, look up their lives and f- find out what their favorite foods and all that kind of stupid <laughs> shit. I don't give a fuck about any of that, you know. Uh I, I do find a lot of that shit out, though, reading their bloody diaries. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but the smart ones are in character, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I don't know. Of course, when you get into wrestling, you're like you, people telling you, you know it's fake, right? Well, yeah, it's a TV show. And then you, the cogs turn in your brain, it is fake. So how do they do it? Then you find out all the terms and all that kind of stuff. And then you're like, what are these people really like? Then you find out. And most of the time you're just like, I would have been happy just to you being a character on my fucking TV. God damn it. <laughs> Brother. You know, and and I don't know. I just think that's a healthy relationship with it. But so CM Punk went back to WWE. <laughs> like, of course. That was going to happen eventually, right? You know, I thought it would take a little longer, but here we are. What do you have any reaction or thoughts on that? Oh, I, I liked my comment to you. I was like, man, this guy sold out. And you're like, and you were like, I imagine in your head, you were like, bitch, are you for real? Because you wrote back to me something like, dude, they're all like that. And I'm like, every well, wrestler is a sellout. Every wrestler prays to be a sellout, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. It just amazes me that, like, he sued them. They fired him and his missus on their wedding day. Uh, he slagged them off, and you know, quite famously, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. They had to work. WWE even had to work really hard to take steps to kind of like kill the endless CM Punk chance that followed them everywhere for like a couple of years. Yeah. And it's weird, wasn't it? And I feel like my, my opinion is he's stupid for going back there and they're dumb for taking him. That's how I feel. That's a good that's a good take. What was your favorite era of CM Punk? Like when did you find yourself the most, you know, as a fan of his, I guess is the way to put it. 2011, the, the pipe bomb, because He's he's a big part of my fandom in a way because I stopped watching wrestling. I've said I've told this story before, but I stopped watching wrestling after Benoit because he was my favorite wrestler, and uh, he just what he did that just killed wrestling for me for like however many years until 
oh, some mate of mine just showed me a clip for this pipe bomb. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? This sounds really cool. Oh, he's really laying it into them as well. Oh, you know, I got caught up in it. I guess a part of me always really liked wrestling. I just need an excuse to get back into it. But uh, that, that was it. That's when I kind of followed him. Okay. So I, I didn't even watch wrestling at that time, but that was that was fascinating to hear. I, uh, at you know, my memories of CM Punk as like a wrestler are around the time of WrestleMania 30, the Daniel Bryan story, and he was around, you know, and around that time I was watching WWE a lot. But I also remember turning on WWE years ago and seeing the, like, Straight Edge Society, and I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was, like, so funny and at the time i really wasn't into wrestling but i remember watching that and being like that's fucking cool this is smart stuff what this guy's doing and the shaving the heads and all that stuff i mean i wasn't even a bald dude at the time but i knew i knew luke and uh you know but uh, but i just it's kind of a dickhead right and so wwe they're a bunch of dickheads i don't know maybe it's a match made in some place that isn't heaven or hell, it's some place much worse than both. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. Wow, and uh, yeah, I just ju- you just wait. You just wait. You're gonna you're gonna see CM Punk in a Saudi Arabia blood money show very Can soon. Can you believe everyone. that? Yeah. I mean, maybe not. You know, maybe he's got a deal where he only has certain, um, you know, matches. But it's interesting. Like he's probably gonna have a big match on WrestleMania. You know, CM Punk. What a year in wrestling he's had as a guy that didn't even wrestle like two years ago or whatever. So it's like, I don't know, man. I, I, that's one of the things, I guess one of the things that's fun about this is that I don't give a fuck what he does or what they're doing over there. But Me neither. like the the 24-hour news cycle of professional wrestling is real. And there's always something going on. <laughs> and it's just it's fun to get caught up in it for a minute, you know, for the first time in a long time. So it really is. Like, I don't know. I feel, I feel like I'm in, at a place in my fandom where if people like the WWE, cool. Love it. Enjoy it. Consume it. Whatever. But I don't think there's anyone going there that could ever make me tune in to watch it regularly or care about it. And there's a lot of wrestlers there right now that I think are fucking awesome. And, uh, yeah, you know, so... If, uh, if if Jay White had assigned with WWE, well, guess what? I wouldn't have seen any of his yeah. WWE matches at all. I don't like him. I feel like they're evil Saudi Arabia shows. Uh, look at look at the Vince McMahon, even before all the sex scandals. Like, come on, man. Where does it end? So there's no wrestler that would get you to watch their show. I don't think so. Not anymore. Nah. It's it's, fair, it, it's just, I don't know. Like, but Luke, there's probably evil people everywhere. Yeah, but it's so pretty obvious. it's pretty fucking blatant. <laughs> don't slap me in the fucking face with it, man. Come on. Yeah. See, don't like be be characters on the TV. Don't show me you you the real you. You know? It's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. They deserve yeah. each other. I Fuck think them. the only way I mean, I watch it every year on the Royal Rumble. My buddy Dean has a party and it's a blast. And every year we put in money and there's a big pot. It's so much fun. So I'm gonna watch that every year. But like 
the only way I'd watch it religiously again is if somebody I knew was on TV, like, and featured. You know, that that's it. I mean, because I remember the last few times that I really watched it and wanted to watch it was because one of my buddies was backstage or something like that, and I'm like, oh, maybe he's going to get a spot on the show. But that hasn't happened in a long time because it's been AEW every time now in Cincinnati. And I don't even know when WWE comes. I used to get messages from people and they'd be like, Hey, you want to be a seat filler, you know, at the next show. And so I always knew when they were coming, you know, even probably before it was announced. And so <laughs> it's just funny. I don't get those anymore. So No, I feel like there's so much wrestling to consume that uh, I don't need to be involved with uh, any of that side. I remember when it was, at least in Australia, uh, it was WWE or fuck all, nothing. And now I've got New Japan. And if I want another federation, uh, I've got AEW. But if I had more time for more wrestling, I'd probably go for Noah or Stardom or something like that or some other alternative. Not Impact, though. Fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? Should we do something different next year for World Tag League? Should we, like, pick something else to watch or something like that? You know, I'd be interested to see what Noah's doing right now or something like that. I, I, I agree. Like... We, we like all the boys in it. They're working hard, but we're just not tag league guys. Well, I, mean, I know we said that last year, but we should, I don't know, check out uh, a month of Noah maybe or yeah. a month of stardom or just Hey, something. who knows? We may turn on a dime and do that after this episode. Who knows? I mean, the Noah Open Podcast, we've been teasing that for a long time. So just saying. Yeah, we definitely have. And uh, didn't you send me something? Yes, tell it's, me. Uh, Tell me what I sent you this morning about Noah. Do you remember, Luke? Because it was pretty cool. I don't remember all the details because I don't think I hit the translate button, but I was—I just woke up to it and I clicked on it. And I was like, oh, it's Keno hanging out with fucking Satoshi Kojima. They're in a tag team together. It's, oh. Ken, it's Ken Cozy. Ken Cozy. It's oh, awesome. my God. Awesome. Oh, my God goodness like okay so Kenno is so angry all the time and mr brad is so happy and easy going i i want to see what happens there right i mean that that seems interesting to me no one's working at being a new japan dad as good as satoshi kojima is right now i'm gonna do shows in aw is over i'm gonna do shows in in uh, at the strong shows i get the crowd i'm gonna elbow cm punk in the fucking dick over yeah Fuck. Yes. Man, I'll always have that. Uh, <laughs> so will we all. And not only that, he's like, you know what? Uh, New Japan's pretty loaded. They don't need me. I'm, hey, Noah, what's up? Oh, wow, you're, you're over 50. Yeah, come over here. We'll give you a call. <laughs> you want to you tag with our top guy? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Like, I feel like Kojima's got a bit of... Uh, he's got He's got more... Over time, despite how legendary Tenzan is, uh, Suzuki, uh, you know, all these guys are, and Nagata, none of them have quite kept their shine in their kind of dad stage as as well as Kojima has, I don't think. He's he, kind of in better physical shape than them. Oh, he's you know, a beast, and he, isn't he? He can go still, and like Tenzon can still go, but it's only ever it's only for Yoshihashi. 
when he will go. You know? Yeah, for some reason. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, I love that. And he's my favorite of the dads anyway. So, fuck hell yes. Luke, can we talk about New Japan World? What's your experience been like? You know, you've had a few problems, right? Yeah. Here's something I haven't told you. Guess what they've done for the live shows, Mr. Andy? They've taken away my 10-second rewind button. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> New Japan. I have ADHD. Sometimes I'm not looking. The 10-second rewind button is a fucking huge help for me. What are you doing? It's huge for me. Uh, another annoying thing is like, I, I use Brave as a web browser because, you know, you can watch YouTube videos without ads, which is always good. By the way, watch our YouTube channel. We don't Please. make any money off it anyway, so fuck the ads. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> We need to do more Brian Jonestown reviews, I guess. But uh... yes, just talk about <laughs> Brian Jonestown. That's great. Maybe we should just talk about that for a few minutes here in a little bit, yeah, and then we'll right. post a follow up where you talk about like what it's been like dealing with the fallout from this. We gotta do it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but uh... <clears throat> so I'm using Brave, and it's working for all the shows except for the last World Tag League show that happened. I'm like, Andy, it's not working. It's not working. It's fucking, it can't load it. I can't load it. And, and you know, you you were just like, big deal. You don't have to watch World Tag League. I wish I had done <laughs> it. And, uh, and rather than go, hmm, good point. I'll leave it at that. I, it, my stupid brain, rather than go instantly, you check and try another browser. It took hours, oh. fucking hours, like from the morning of that day to like 9 30 in the evening and i was like oh why don't i just try it on chrome oh and it works mm. oh great and it's 9 30 so i guess i'm staying up to watch exactly <laughs> yeah I, I did that by the way i have an ad blocker on chrome it's free uh, yeah but blocks my, all ad, ads, so. my ad blocker wasn't that I had on Chrome was no longer working on YouTube and YouTube was like threatening me with, with like, meh, meh, yeah. meh, meh. so I mind you at the same time they're fucking having a go at me for using ad blockers you know how you got the main YouTube screen and sometimes there'll just be like an ad on the on one of the corners oh yeah yeah one of them was for fucking ad blockers so bitch <laughs> are you for reals and another one That's was fucking tremendous. and then another one dude uh, they were putting because maybe the Google had sensed that I'd look these up. They were suggesting things on my YouTube feed to uh, for ad blockers and stuff. So I clicked on one because this guy had over a million subscribers and stuff. Maybe he knows his shit. Use Brave this browser, and I was like, all right, cool, easy to download, carry over all my links and shit, nice and easy, and fucking bish bash bosh. I got no ads on YouTube. You're like no ads on YouTube, but my cell phone keeps going off. Oh. <laughs> and it's right. just sales calls. Yeah, yeah, I right. Keep, I keep getting junk emails. It's so weird. So, oh my goodness. Yeah, that's so, like uh, that's direct mail nowadays. It used to be like direct mail was a way to to like you know they still do it. You know, my company does it and stuff like that. But you like send a bunch of mail to people. Nowadays, it's like 
hack their shit and force <laughs> an email into their inbox. You know, so call their phone sixty times. It's pretty. Cool. I had one. I had a, I had a phone call on the week on a week on a week one weekend and it's like hey we're from the fucking government we want to ask you about i'm like the government it's fucking saturday get out of here <laughs> no mussing in the fussing all right so should we start back up with a, a diary and stuff the rapping and the ripping and the rapping and the hipping and, hipping and the hopping <laughs> we just start out right there that's how we just start out edit to right up to the hipping and the hopping it sounds good to me mr andy all right so i feel like we've talked enough world tag league and other stuff and i was wondering now that we have a new backlog thank you jay thank you of wrestler diaries that we can resume working through the backlog and uh strap in everyone for a wild ride from the wild man, Mr. Great Okan, all hail. It's his, it's his second diary entry. We've covered his first one on, on the uh, show. He uh, had the great idea of wearing his merchandise to the ring for small sale. <laughs> well done. Well, you know, he went to a class. He, he got learned, you know, so. But he made it sound like it was his idea, which is what <laughs> I love about it. That's tremendous. You ever yeah. have like the boss where like they'll do stuff, but only if they think it's their idea. So you have to like manipulate them into thinking that the thing that you came up with was their idea. But then you get mad at them because they took your idea. Yeah. And then and it's like, I came up with this great idea. Cool. You get promoted. And you're just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't have manipulated my boss. Damn it. <clears throat> Shouldn't have put him over so good. <laughs> Never bury your boss, you know, except no. to your friends. All right. So it's episode two. It is called We Like Wednesday Downtown the Most out of all the TV programs. Oh. October 21st, <clears throat> 2023. As ruler of the empire, we shall record our daily life for posterity. But this doesn't take part the day after the last entry i know that he's much. explaining he's explaining why yeah. he's doing the thing which by the way i just looked up the wednesday's a downtown television show it's been on the air since 2014. oh wow nice uh what kind of show is it i mean it's a variety show it's presented by downtown and uh apparently it's a person i think and the opening theme is by someone whose name is Poon P. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay. Well, he doesn't need to change his name for porn anyway. <laughs> All right. This was the day of traveling to Miyagi. Our back, which we had injured during yesterday's practice, had worsened a little. We arrived in Sendai at noon and had time to walk around the city in search of manholes instead of going to the physio. What? He loves looking at manholes. So, yeah. all right, delayed Graham, Luke, but the uh, the Great Ocon is very active on, on on delayed Graham, and uh, you know that's what it is to you, of course. And he likes to take pictures of manholes. I sent you that like fucking yeah. years ago, but like I haven't I haven't kept you up with no. his manhole adventures. I apologize. Right. I'm sorry, man. 
the All right. So we wandered around for about four hours and eventually our back got worse. In the evening, we called upon our concubines and mistresses and had enjoyed the <laughs> pleasures of the flesh. Our motto is a good balance between private and work life. Men sometimes think that simply working and bringing money into the family should be sufficient. They are mistaken. Women are insecure creatures and constantly need to have their insecurities assuaged. They worry about money, about unfaithfulness, about domestic violence, about a difference in values, about whether they will continue to like you and even about whether you will be home late. A man who can't reassure his woman against these insecurities is unreliable. Women can't respect an unreliable man, and this comes out in their attitude towards him and sours the atmosphere for both parties. No one is stupid enough to give up a good woman on his own will. Well, this is our thesis on the matter, although we think it needs a little more nuance. Once we have refined the idea, we shall discuss it in more detail elsewhere. <laughs> So, Great O'Conn has this thesis about life and women that is a little misogynistic, you know. Um, and uh, he's, but he's still working on it, he says. And he will let you know his updates somewhere else in the ring. We'll find out. Sounds a little old fashioned, but I feel like buried somewhere in there is a healthy respect for women. So I'll, I'll, I'll let it yeah. slide. I mean, it was a little misogynistic, but not in, I mean, not necessarily in a bad way. You know? Yeah. And under this, we have some of the uh, manholes that he's posted. They're uh, pretty cool, right? Yeah. So apparently in Japan, all the manholes are like super dope. And they're crazy shapes sometimes. And like they're fucking dope. I don't know. He loves them. No wonder, no wonder he likes looking at them. I understand that. Next, we got like a picture of him having drinks. Probably with some insecure females and uh, concubines. You got some concubines See, and mistresses. You can't, you can't call them concubines, women concubines, and not be misogynistic. So. Yeah, he is doing this in character, all hell. Yeah, uh, so. And a plate of food that he was eating, whatever. Big plate of This meat. was the day of the show at the Yumemesi Miyagi. At the national, as the national ambassador for the G store, we visited the shop in Sendai to greet the locals. We made a number of suggestions and the locals decided to hold an event in Sendai in my honor. We feel that our body has been, our hobby has become our job and has developed a measure of success. If what? you come at the right time, there might still be an autographed copy of Raikusuji no Oshigoto, the Imperial Secretary's work on the shelf. Cobb missed his match. We must take utmost precautions since there is a spate of absences being caused due to ill health. Oh, yeah, we had a couple shows like a month or so back where there was a few people that... <laughs> health is of the utmost importance. Even as a wrestler, we endeavor to live our life without injury to ourself and in the anticipation of being able to enjoy wrestling with our great-grandchildren in our dotage. After the match, there was an autograph session. There was a fellow there who said, I've been watching wrestling on TV for 11 years, but this is the first time I've ever been to the venue, which made us realize that there is good variety in our retainers. I've always wrestled with fellows who came to to the venue for the first time in mind most of the new japan wrestlers are probably trying to do that but it's a contradiction of two worlds the more they attempt to fine tune their work the more they may please the hardcore fans but they leave new fans scratching their heads 
wrestling oh. is difficult because winning is not everything. Is this why wow. fucking Grado Khan will like you think you'll feel to yourself uh, over the course of a couple of weeks? I feel like I've got his move set down. Then fucking boom, he's, he just hits hits an opponent with like four things you've never seen him do or you've never seen anyone else do mm. for that matter. And he just looks like a devastating guy who's unpredictable. I, I mean, like- that was fascinating. That was tremendous. That was the kind of stuff you want to hear in a fucking wrestling diary. A wrestler talking about the struggle of, of performing for new fans and satisfying the fucking asshole piece of shit smarks. You know what I mean? So I, I really like what he said there. He's talking about like, hey, you know, you got to play to the people in the back, but you also got to play to the people in the front and how difficult that is. That's awesome. I wish he, I wish wrestlers would talk more about <coughs> it. like things like that. Yeah. See, his diaries are so long that eventually, like law of averages, he's going to talk about some. We'll get to something. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so. In the evening, we had dinner with the, a local company's president. For the first time in a while, we found a great restaurant where everything on the menu was delicious. We ate so much that our stomach was overstuffed and our back ached even more, but we were contented and we went to bed smiling. Here's a picture of him at that G store with autographs and shit. The G store? What does yeah. that stand for? Well, if me, me with my Aussie brain, uh, G strings. Yeah, I think so, maybe. Or maybe like Great O'Conn. Maybe I wouldn't stop at the G store, but uh, I definitely walked past it a few times. Hey, wow! <laughs> oh, anyway, this was the day of returning to the capital. We put into practice what we learned from talking with the local company's president yesterday. We realized that we had not been properly decluttering our head, and more and more the dust was piling up, filling it with useless feelings. That's maybe not the right way to put it. More like there is an emptiness in our heart that cannot be filled. Mm. We make a note of what we need to do, make <laughs> life, to do to make life better, to to discard unwanted things to do more work outside the ring and to find new challenges inside He's falling in love, Luke. That's what it sounds like. He's falling in love, and the person he loves isn't near him. No. Below, it was that president, dude. Below is just (laughs) one part of the notes we made. To be honest, I like working, but the more I do it, the more I accumulate notepads and schedulers, which stresses me out. Throw away one's obsessions, ideas, and data from the things I didn't like. Now we have another obsession, fool that we are. We feel foolish. We tried to reduce our problems, and instead we have added another obsession. And there's a photo of some of his notes, I'm assuming. <laughs> this was the day of the Ryogoku show. First was the meet and greet. I like every time there's something new. This was the day. <laughs> First was the meet and greet. It is a pity that it was cut short early due to unforeseen circumstances. There must have been many imperial denizens who wanted to queue as well. These unforeseen circumstances are always a pain. Today's match was another one where Suji appealed to the crowd like a mentally disturbed woman making ridiculous faces. As we said both <laughs> as we said both on X and backstage, the level of our achievements in both the UK and Japan is on a different level. 
it is still early for that wretch to talk in any meaningful way. In order to be the best professional wrestler, you must become the final boss. After the match, we signed autographs. We want to love the people of the Empire as if they were knights of the round table, all considered the equal of each other. Afterwards, I made love to my concubine whilst <laughs> watching my latest execution. Oh, my God. He is banging chicks while he's watching this match. That's what he said. <laughs> you want to try this? This, uh, Yeah, never mind. <laughs> I'm not going on there. Uh, there's Greater Khan m making the Empire sign, looking quite smart in his, uh, his suit there. Doing fans and he's, the Imperial denizens are doing the uh, crowns up. I can't do it. My fingers are weird. Uh, uh, yeah, in the thing. Anyway, this was the day of the meeting of the Okan Anime Society. First, we went to Epoch in Sugamo to make a new mouth guard. We're ashamed to say that we left it behind at some venue or other. Even if one thinks they're fun, uh, even if one thinks they're a fundamentally good person, they'll become frustrated at themselves at these pathetic little errors. The design of our <laughs> mouthpiece has been improved many times. Now it is almost the same as Katsura Kitamura's. Aww. Come to think of it, two days from this day is the anniversary of Kitamura's death. We and the we and the craftsmen had a little chat about Kitamura as Kitamura's mouthpiece, I'm not going to do the funny voice for that bit, was also made by this company. Oh, that was fucking awesome tribute. That's that great. That was lines together. That's amazing. Man, what a good diary this is. Another little fucking, like, a, yeah, he's got his character stuff there, but in any of this, some fucking great nuggets that's, and stuff. But, oh. but that's cool thing about how New Japan tells stories. The personal stuff like that can become part of your character. And so it, it does. It's not. It doesn't have to be a work shoot, brother. It's just a thing, you know. Absolutely. Next, a surprise raid on the Tower Records shop in Akebukuro shop to buy some of our own merchandise. After that, the Okan Anime Society, which is an irregular gathering of wrestling lovers who work in the two D industry, was attended by forty one people, the largest number to date. Oh it my god! Not work. Deciding on the restaurant, but it was worth it. Most of our anime-related work comes through acquaintances because of our popularity. We sometimes wonder if we are not taking advantage of their goodwill, but ultimately we founded this association in search of something we could do for these guys. We can talk about the business because we are like-minded people and we have our work in common. Whatever the situation, we are all working together to promote our respective industries whether that be professional wrestling or two-dimensional content. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you meant that to be a joke, but fuck, that's funny. Oh, it's <laughs> tremendous. I, I sent you, uh, you two-dimensional uh, um, information as well that is the Great Ocon anime like uh, advertisement, by the way. I sent that to you just now. Thank you very much. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll take a look at that right now because I need a quick little reading break. Let's have a look at this. It's like, it looks like he's Santa Claus and like his little elves are these little like. Oh my God, that is adorable. <laughs> 
it's adorable. It's also kind of terrifying. And I think that like, so Great Ocon has this like Mongolian, like kind of like Chinese gimmick, right? That's the deal. And we've talked about what it is. In fact, we're probably the only podcast that has an episode dedicated to Great Ocon's gimmick and what it's from. So look at the archives uh, for Never Realm 16 or something. And uh, this is similar to that, though, where we have Great Ocon kind of like hovering above and he looks very, you know, menacing, honestly. So. I, I know he looks menacing there, but you know what he's doing? He's, he's protecting, protecting those kids he's from Lance Archer. Not only is he protecting them. Every anime baby dies. <laughs> but he's protecting the business. That's right. Oh my goodness. Oh, I just, I just really like <laughs> with a professional wrestling or two D two dimensional content. We have connections, contacts, and power. We will use everything we can to become the best pro wrestler to make pro wrestling more exciting. In a photo of the awesome Kitamura inspired mouth guard, which looks pretty gnarly. Cool. Is it the teeth? Yeah, it's the teeth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're not going to see it. And there's some more photos of Grado Khan at some other shop, probably the tower joint. Hey, and there's him with his anime fans. Anyway, <clears throat> this was the day of a photo shoot. It was a photo shoot related to New Japan SS, and it took 30 minutes instead of an hour to finish because we had such good acting and superlative skills as not to require more than one take. We have never made an interview or video shoot last longer than an hour. A point of pride for the royal personage. One take, Jake. That's right. It is lamentable that we can only discuss these behind-the-scenes matters in this manner. The important thing is not to idle away our time. Wow. Um, he's, he's talking about not breaking character right there. That's awesome. Yeah, he's like... Do your fucking I, promo. Get the fuck right. out. Uh, well, he's also like, now listen, this is not the kind of backstage stuff you'll you'll usually hear from me, but you're gonna hear from it from me about that only here. So That's you gotta right. buy the thing. Dude, yeah, I don't know. Like, I know they're lying, but this is making me really like I love even more. Yeah. This is this is like I know we like Goto, Yo, and Yoshi just because they're fucking blandly hilarious. Oh, oh I like their diaries. Yes. yes yeah. I don't but, like them. But Greater Khan's diary makes me like Greater Khan even more. Maybe some of the uh, women attitudes is not that great. But it's a little much. But fun. we know that, you know, he's going to protect them. That's right. He did uh, He did save that girl at that, at that time. While he was a heel in wrestling, and then everyone yeah. in the crowd just wanted to cheer, cheer Great Khan. Do you think he was milking those cheers? Oh, hell yeah. Get him, get him. <laughs> anyway, our next duty was to attend a screening of a film we appeared in. We did the meet and greet, rubbing shoulders with some big name actors that everyone in Japan knows. We may be acting as colleagues on this occasion, but we are a complete amateur when it comes to acting. <laughs> we can't afford to be smug. If we're going to do it, we're going to defeat the professional. Results are the only thing that matters. Not for the first time. <laughs> we were praised by the director and the president of the production company who both said that we did very well for my debut. How many times have these people said such things to others? Such words are of no comfort. Such <laughs> real things as words are not enough to make us 
the most pro famous professional wrestler in the world. <laughs> By the way, the film is said to be released in the spring of 2024. So this guy start like came up and gassed him up, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, cool. Thanks for telling me that, but that that doesn't help me become a better professional wrestler. So fuck you." <laughs> uh, your poultry industry means nothing to the Great Okan. <laughs> That's right. It's great. Now let me rub shoulders with all these famous Japanese actors <laughs> that maybe you have heard of. They are also imperial denizens. <laughs> anyway, this was a day where we slumbered. We had arranged a dinner meeting with a certain person, but it was postponed and we spent our suddenly empty schedule sleeping all day. We usually sleep exclusively in our bed chambers since that is where our favorite Tokyo Nishikawa air mattress pillow and quilt <laughs> is. Oh, no. We woke up. And went back to sleep about four times this day. We woke up in the evening, had breakfast, lunch, and dinner simultaneously, and prepared for the <laughs> It was probably... <laughs> he had breakfast, lunch, and dinner simultaneously. <laughs> that was awesome. I can just now imagine him with his concubines having like a, a breakfast date, a lunch date and a dinner date <laughs> at the same, same time. time as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. We woke up and went back to sleep four times this day. It was probably the best day we've had recently. Slumbering on a nice mattress is the closest thing to pure happiness. Living is a hobby. Sleeping feels good. <laughs> Eating food is delicious. Watching anime and reading manga is fun. In the end, life is a little more than just killing time until one dies. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Anyway, this day was the day of leaving for the UK. When we wrote and submitted my diary, we were told, due to bi-weekly updates, the next update will be on the 21st, and that there was no slightest need to write as many words as we did last time. Well, we keep a personal diary anyway, so it's a little extra work, and if we make it long... Nobody will read it. What? Yeah, nobody will read it. <laughs> nobody. Not one person. <laughs> we shall endeavor towards brevity next time. We detest overseas trips, by the way. Aeroplane travel in particular is a waste of time. With a plane or with a private or first class, it's cramped and bad for the body. It's also a waste of time to spend a whole day traveling for a single match and return home afterwards. We tend to avoid wrestling overseas when we can. Fucking good. <laughs> I want to see my wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling in fucking Japan. Unless he they knows. In Melbourne, of course. Yeah. He knows mm. what's up. Yeah. Anyway, this was the day of the British <laughs> show. We decided on indulging in a monster morning. We have always oh, been a hey. appearing on Decadent Hunter and being called Seven Stomachs by my comrades. But Seven we think stomachs. there's an open slot for a pro wrestler with a big appetite in the morning. <laughs> so we were going to use that gap in the market to my advantage. With a full stomach, we returned to our suite and received the most gratifying news. Romancing Saga and New Japan Pro Wrestling have formed an alliance. I know Ichikawa, the producer of the Saga series, and we suggested, shall we do something interesting together? He replied, 
whatever it takes, as long as it's Okan-sama giving the orders. <laughs> the Imperial denizens are all very loyal and proud. We have been eagerly awaiting the release of such news. If two men can get along, why should their com companies not also build an alliance? <laughs> we failed to execute the now so unfriendly Umino and Narita during our match, but we came up with a much more interesting sacrifice in their stead. We've had our reservations about this new generation and were furious about this match. But when Umino stepped in, I got so hot we swore steam was coming out of the royal ears <laughs> instead of steam that bubbled up. Was a genius idea. Moxley's name popped into our head. Mm -hmm. And when struck with this inspiration, we suggested it to Osprey on the spot. He must feed Moxley to us. If he wants a shot at Osprey's title, he shouldn't get it for free. The <laughs> pygmy shark, Umino, was almost in tears. Now the Greater Khan versus John Moxley is confirmed. And here's a picture of undoubtedly his big ass breakfast. And then like Monster Morning collaboration. Yeah, Monster Morning. That's a fucking Nak Nakanishi, man. Remember? That is that a Nakanishi his... style breakfast. Isn't <laughs> that it? was his gimmick. There was a wrestler oh, in New shit. Japan whose gimmick was he ate a giant breakfast. <laughs> Holy shit. People anyway, about anyway, this was the day of returning to Japan. Wow. Nothingness. This time is just nothing. The Greater Khan has stopped thinking. It was a three-year anniversary of the founding of the Empire and the three-year anniversary of our arrival in Japan. Wow. We can't write down all our thoughts. So much has been done both in and out of the ring. You could call them past glories, but there is enough in the past to talk about. But now... We have a feeling that more upheaval is to come, both for the Empire <laughs> and for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Our intuition is always right, and we will instigate a great upheaval. Remember this prophecy. <laughs> he's getting religious with it. Yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely up there. Anyway, this day is the day of the dinner with the editors from uh, Shuisha. Meeting in the morning with G-Store, to which we were an ambassador. There's a link to something. I'm not clicking on it. We talked about <laughs> crafting new ring gear as well as merch and collaborative food. What do you think about making costumes? Collaborative food? In the future. Luke, and Do you yeah. like collaborative food? <laughs> I mean, no. you know, like, I'm thinking. Maybe I'm old-fashioned. I like people to make the food for me. <laughs> well, like, you're not going to help them? You know, like, yeah, Wolfgang Puck, like. Fucking soup or something? I mean, would you eat Great Ocon pizza? That's what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. I like. What, what about? I, I would try anything Great Ocon makes. I just wouldn't ask him before I tried it what was on it. I would just eat no. it first. But like, what if what if Great Ocon started making dimmies? I mean, what are we doing? You know? <laughs> Dim sims. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. All right. What do you think about making costumes out of my gear in the future and releasing them at G-Store? Even if they are not clothes you can wear every day, cosplayers can wear them at our matches. It would please us greatly <laughs> if the number of cross cosplayers increased. A special website will be released and updated from time to time, and the merchandise will be based on the ideas of the Imperial denizens. So don't miss out. I, we I had a radio... Like 
No. I don't like that. I don't like him begging for cosplayers at the sh- at the fucking matches. That's bullshit. Come on, think Doki, on your bed. You think Doki interacts with Doki Kid? No. No! no! He's never think, met Doki Kid. You think Ishii thought that was a, thought, gave a shit that there was an Ishii he fan in the crowd? He did not like that. He went backstage and he threw a fit. Fucking, I want to headbutt that motherfucker. Like, get me <laughs> out of here. Like, that, guy isn't, that guy isn't never at all. No. Oh, my goodness. We had a radio recording in the Imperial Palace and then dinner with the deputy editor-in-chief of Weekly Shonen Jump and the author of the manga serialized in Jump and other magazines. A man is always a boy at heart, and in our heart is Shonen Jump. We talked for two or three hours about Jump, but we couldn't get to all of the topics we desired. I ordered them to send PR work, so it would only be a matter of time before we're on the cover of Jump. This is the power of our diplomacy. This is the power of public relations. And there's like probably Shonen Jump pictures. What's your favorite Shonen Jump manga, Luke? Uh, Manga. uh, Volume 6. Of which one? Uh, Of parts 12. Are you into Dark Gathering? I mean, do you know which watch? Are you going to... Like, I oh, mean, yeah. do you know about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? At least you know about that, right? No, I don't know what Shonen Jump is. I'm sorry at all. Okay. Um, well, but... My Hero Academia. Just saying. All right. Anyway. This day is the day of two dinner meetings. <laughs> we had lunch with professional Mahjong player Yoshihiro Matsumoto and VTuber. <laughs> Princess Inaba Hurana, the program Gumi Hiyaku, which there's only one Inaba, and it's Karate Lady. So I guess he's on Karate Lady's podcast. She also plays mahjong. Why not? (laughs) We we repeat was no the the program which we co-hosted was repeatedly praised as a divine episode by the two of them. So you plebeians should watch it. We were told that it is very hard to become a professional Mahjong player and that only a handful of people can turn pro. He said it is like (laughs) professional baseball and major league baseball, but we're better at Mahjong than those pros. We want to be a professional Mahjong player. We have to become a professional Mahjong player. We'll definitely become one. On a serious (laughs) note, we think it would be good to be a pro wrestler and pro Mahjong player at the same time. So we'll do it as a project if we can turn it into a YouTube channel or something. What? Oh, only if it'll make him money. Yeah, that's from true. The fucking denizens. Yeah. He's a hustler, that's for sure, Mister O'Connor. That's fair. In the evening, we had dinner with a certain group of people. We had a lot of discussion about professional wrestling for the first time in a little while. Both positive and negative opinions are fuel for passionate discussions. The more we talk, the more candid the words come out. Not that we think in our heads. Not what we think in our heads, but what we think in our hearts. It's not realistic at all. We are not interested in profit. The future of the company or the theory of wrestling. Instead, we are consumed by selfish motives. We wonder why that is. We drew a line in the sand when it came to my private life and my work. And we intentionally distanced ourselves physically from other wrestlers. So we were surprised to hear such passion for wrestling come to the surface. We thought it was just a job to us. How do we feel about wrestling now? 
how should I be feeling? Ooh, I did change it to I. We are not sure, but the voice we we hear in our heart, or as he wrote here, heart in our heart. Come on, translator, get out of here. I have to read all this. Do it, do it fucking good. Do it right. Exactly. We are not sure, but the voice we heard in our heart, it may not be our thoughts, but they are our feelings. Wrestling is difficult. Maybe people are even more difficult. And oh. here's, I guess, links to games and his dinner meetings and his schmoozing and food, more food and shit. And all right. Summary. Oh, thanks. <laughs> the title is irrelevant. We just want to write something and see what kind of reaction it invokes. But we do like Wednesdays downtown so much that we record and watch it every week. Post photos of yourselves wearing our merchandise and looking good with the tag Imperial hashtag Imperial. That was me stuffing it up. Yeah. With the hashtag, hashtag Imperial Denizen all over the online space. We are also expecting your fan mail. He's expecting it. You better, like, just like, remember when Finley was expecting, like, himself or something? Yeah, we were expecting for ages. <laughs> That was any, tremendous. Listen, any, so any, anyway, this yes. is the oh, day. There's no, more. Joking. Oh Sorry. my god! Yeah. I thought you were no, finally no. done. Yeah, no. yeah, we're finished. Okay, thank goodness. Well, so Great Cons, his his fucking deals are great, but my god, they're excessive, just like him. I like how in his ex, his, his diary entry, which I feel like was even longer than the first one. He comments about how they told him these diary entries didn't need to be this long, and <laughs> as a, and then I imagine the the translator diary dude reading that part and just going, "All right, this guy's going to take the piss, is he?" All right. <laughs> I thought it was a lot of fun. We learned oh, a lot about the Great Ocon, and we did. Him, but he actually talked about wrestling, so that was pretty cool. And it, uh, rare. It's rare. Wrestling insights. Some funny lines like that 2D joke was just fucking incredible. I'm going to believe he, he, he did that on purpose. I hope so. <laughs> it's just too funny. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, thank you, Jay, for yeah. suspending that bad boy in. And we do have a backlog. Do you want to hear some of the names in this prestigious backlog or just surprise I mean, them? I don't know. You seem obsessed with that, so let's go ahead and do it. All right. We have <laughs> So in the upcoming weeks, we have... Yeah, I'll tell you next time. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's my kind of shit. I love it. So, Luke, you know, I, I think we need to end the show on some shocking news that we yeah. both just learned recently, and it's very disappointing, and I don't mean to bring the show down, but turns out that Yellowstone Season 5 Part 2 isn't coming out till November of 2024. Are you okay might as well just help? call it fucking series season six at this point, right? Like, why? What's the delay? What is the holdup that is holding? Uh, aren't, they all, aren't the episodes made already? I don't think so. I think the cases they are not made already. Maybe they're written, but they're not filmed because part of the issue is Kevin Costner's busy schedule. Bitch, you're on the biggest show on TV. I think he probably knows that too. So he's doing some fucking hustling and wrangling of his own. Listen he's up, Makabe. Yellowstone peasants. Makabe Jr. That's right. He's Makabe <laughs> in the situation for sure. 
Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. So it's held up because he's of his busy schedule. Shouldn't part of your busy schedule like shouldn't it be the other way around? No, I have a busy schedule being on the most popular fucking TV show right now. Bye. I'll get call call I me mean, in six months. I'm sure that's accurate. And if it's not accurate, then something ain't right, because this is where you come to for your accurate information about the show Yellowstone. <laughs> I just want to make sure that that's clear on this that's episode right. of the Never it's Open the, Podcast, the show about Yellowstone. The Neverstone Podcast. That's mm-hmm. right. Remember when we were a Highlander TV series podcast? <laughs> we talk about Rome relentlessly as well. We still, we still sneak in a few uh, Star Trek The Next Generation kind it's of true. tidbits as well sometimes. You know, I've been watching a new series of shows. So last week, like this weekend, a couple days ago, I went to a movie with my friend John who uh, is awesome, and we always love going to movies together. We went and saw the new Hunger Games movie, which I thought would be a piece of shit. <laughs> it's really fun. It was a little stupid. It was, I mean, there were some elements of shit. It wasn't shit. It was elements of shit. Just it got a whiff of shit every once in a while. Once, but it, was really, <laughs> it was really good, and I had a blast. And I've been watching the Hunger Games movies, and Luke, I'm shocked to find out that they all involved like a million different references to ancient Rome. Half the characters are named after ancient Rome characters. And it's like questionable as to why, but okay. You know, like there's a character named Plutarch and he's like a spy. It's like, <laughs> like what? But tremendous uh, couple movies. I've been watching those. And what they do is they have these like kids, right? Reacher is in one of them. Your favorite. And like hey. he's, he's gonna kill people with an axe, but no, they have all these people around the younger people that can act very well. And like Philip Seymour Hoffman is in one of these movies, you know? It's like there's like tremendous actors in these movies, and they're very good. I, I was shocked. And and what's funny about it is I did watch those when they first came out. It was like 15 years ago, and I was stoned. <laughs> well, I had I remember watching Life of Brian after I'd gotten into like Roman history and stuff and just getting a whole new batch of references and things that I didn't get before <laughs> just just from that because I, I I just thought it was funny so now it's funny and now there's a bit of context for it so yay the hell yay, right? yay learning stuff it was like uh, rewatching Ninety Simpsons as an adult and then just like it ten times funnier because is it. Yes. Okay. How dare you besmirch <laughs> classic Simpsons? I will not hear it, hear of it. I'll double backfist ninja spin hey, kick. I watched it all live. You know, I just you know. The I thing, remember- thing is, like on network TV and on Aussie cable in in the nineties and early noughties, that era of the Simpsons was reran and repeated ad nauseum. So a lot of people, like my age, to maybe about maybe about 30 to about 45 or something like that. No, no, that a lot of that era back to front. I mean, for us, it was too, but like, here's the deal. So like at 10 o'clock, the news came on, you know, there was 11 o'clock news, but like Fox, you know, where the Simpsons was at 10 o'clock the news would come on. And then the Simpsons would run right after the news. And then 
Star Trek The Next Generation. So, like, yeah. I, I had lots of lead-in Simpsons, you know? And so it was just like, oh, there's this cartoon. I am an adult. I'm a big boy. I like the Star Trek. There's <laughs> a cartoon you see, you know? And so I'd be like, oh, boy, here we go again with this shit. And then, you know, Star Trek would start. And Picard would be doing cool shit. He wouldn't be a cartoon character. Just saying. Meanwhile, Star Trek, this serious adult show that you like it's is very, actually a family show. <laughs> remember that time that, like, there was a bunch of fish people that came on the Enterprise and they had to bring, like, containers of their fish food? And and, <laughs> and Worf's, like, very handsome race, you know? He loves them. He thinks they're fantastic. Luana Loxana Troy is on the episode, and it's just madness. And it is not a cartoon in any way or childish. <laughs> no, I won't see. I won't, I won't stand for anyone telling me that the episode where some of the main cast get turned into children and all that kind of stuff is childish at all. It was very a very true. adult way of, of looking at Star Trek and its universe. And fuck you. I, how many transporter accidents are there? Look. <laughs> Haven't ironed all this stuff out. Hey, remember that time that it was like it was like Captain Picard a day or something like that on the Enterprise and Captain Picard. I'm um, stuck in the elevator with the kids. He, to, he hates kids and he has to hang out with these kids. <laughs> it's tremendous. And there's this one kid that he the reason that he is in the elevator with Picard is because he won a contest growing radishes. <laughs> what a little nerd. By the way. When you watched Picard season three, did, did it run through your brain that like, all right, when Picard says that he wished he was there for his son when he was growing up, you believe him. <laughs> but do you also feel like a part of his brain was just like, oh, thank God you're already fully formed. <laughs> he's like, Bosh? That's what he's thinking. <laughs> so... <laughs> oh, man. Fucking Picard. I need oh, to man, watch that again, you know? I need to watch season. season three again one more time. Yeah. It's been a while. And, like, you know, I guess they're done with Discovery. Discovery's done or something. So, like, I stopped know, watching that a couple seasons ago, so I don't care. But uh, just keep making the strange new worlds. And uh, give me that show with Seven of Nine as the, the captain. Yeah. Give me that. I mean, that would give be me cool. That. I don't know if it's happening. There hasn't been much Star Trek talk in a long time, Luke. And I don't know if there will be any anytime soon, except here on the Never Open Podcast. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Oh wow, we have we have talked and talked, Mister Guy. So uh, I'm going to throw you a question. Oh, well, not a question really, but I am going to say, unless there is uh, anything that uh, Mister Guy would like to add. In the Great Ocon, we trust.